0: This is How Curious from KGOU, exploring tall tales, legends, and rumors in Oklahoma. I'm your host, Caitlin Howard. Nestled in campus corner near the University of Oklahoma in Norman is Think Ink Tattoos. When I walked into the small studio, I was met with the sight of dozens of colorful, bright designs on the wall similar to the one owner Joshua Crane was tattooing on his fiance, Heather. And this little hip spot, you know, it's a fairly sensitive area. So that area hurts? Yeah, yeah, it's not great. I mean, my- Crane has been tattooing for over 20 years, but he was around back when tattooing was not so widely accepted. Oklahoma banned tattooing in the early 1960s and was the last state in the nation to legalize the practice in 2006. Crane has always been curious. Who was it that banned tattooing in Oklahoma? You know, and why? He heard a rumor that tattooing became illegal because a state lawmaker's daughter got a tattoo he did not approve of. Someone potentially got tattooed by a traveling circus or a fair and they could have been really young and just got something kind of silly. And apparently the state lawmaker was so angry that he drafted legislation to ban tattooing, which went on to be signed into law. Every tattooist in Oklahoma I mentioned this rumor to had heard a similar version. The rumor was even printed in the Oklahoman in the late 90s. True or not true, the state's history with tattooing goes back centuries before the ban in the 1960s. In North America, the tribes use tattoos to represent themes like belonging, accomplishments, and beliefs. Here is Eric Singleton, curator of ethnology at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum in Oklahoma City. You know, you do see different styles from the Pawnee and Plains traditions to the southeast to the upper Great Lakes. And so each of those regions just have different styles but by the late 1800s, Singleton says tattooing essentially stopped in indigenous cultures due to acculturation and the rise of missionaries. Even before it was illegal, tattooing had fallen out of favor in Oklahoma, according to Larry Johnson, Special Collections Manager at the Metropolitan Library System. You think of the 50s, where, you know, proper and polite society was the thing at the time, and certain things just simply weren't done, and tattooing was one of those kind of things. Tattooists were located along Skid Row on Reno Avenue in Oklahoma City. Part of their clientele was military personnel from the Naval Base in Norman and what is now Tinker Air Force Base in OKC. It was considered primitive and low-class, and tattoo parlors would be located in these places where respectable white middle-class Uh, Should not go. Johnson says there were no specific laws in Oklahoma regarding tattooing, but there would occasionally be crackdowns related to tattooing minors or women partially disrobing in public. When tattooing was banned in Oklahoma in 1963, it pushed residents to surrounding states like Texas and Arkansas to get tattoos or set up shops. But there were also tattooists like Brandon Mull, owner of Water Street Tattoo in Sapulpa, who continued to tattoo in the state, attracting business through word of mouth. I had business cards back then that said my name and said Body Shop on it. The people that knew what it was knew what the phone number was for. The people that didn't would call me at 2 o'clock in the morning wanting a fender fixed because they got into a, an accident leaving a bar. In his 26 years of tattooing, Mole was arrested twice for the practice in the early 2000s. You had to be careful because the police would come and arrest you and they would go through your house and take everything that had anything to do with any form of art. And if you didn't have your equipment, you couldn't make money. If you didn't have another job, you had to always be on your toes and keep an eye out for the police that were always coming to get you. This led Mole to help form a coalition of tattooists who would hold fundraisers and set up voter registration booths. But Mole acknowledges that the main driving force behind legalizing tattooing in Oklahoma was former state Democratic Representative Al Lindley. After nearly a decade of working to get a bill passed to legalize tattooing, Lindley says it was a relief when the legislation finally went into law. Just like you go to a restaurant, you're assured that the food you eat there is safe. Even the gas we pump into our cars is regulated by the Corporation Commission. There's a lot of facets in our life that have regulations. but I'm really glad to see that now uh, people can get safe tattoos. But to answer tattooist Joshua Crane's question about why the practice was banned in Oklahoma, I brought the rumor he had heard up to Johnson, who says it is unknown who the state legislator or his daughter was, as well as where she got tattooed or what it depicted. But what is known is that Oklahoma followed a national trend in the early 60s to ban tattooing, in part due to concerns over spreading hepatitis B through unclean needles. But Johnson says there was never any evidence that tattooing led to an outbreak. The government also began requiring licensing of most services that were tied to the human body, an idea that emerged from the progressive movement. And in addition to many people believing the Bible forbade tattooing, Johnson says the practice also went against white middle class values. And that was like terrifying to parents in those days that this could happen to their children and that they would be permanently marked and they'd never get a good job and they'd never marry a a good person, you know, on and on. I paid Crane a visit at Think Ink Tattoos to get his thoughts on what I dug up. So many of us have made a living off of this. You know, you can imagine how many people could have potentially not moved away from Oklahoma to pursue this career in art, you know? How many more jobs could have been created throughout all those years, you know? That's it for this episode of How Curious. The show is a production of KGOU Public Radio. It's produced by me, Caitlin Howard, and this episode was edited by Logan Layden. David Gray composed our theme music. And if you have an Oklahoma-related question, email curious at kgou.org.